Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 198 for August 28th, 2019. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Wait, wait, hang on. Can you can you start over? I'm going to do a trumpet fanfare for Stu as well as for The Godfather because he asked how come he never gets a trumpet fanfare. So we're not going to do this every week. But just this week okay. for you, Stu. So. Like, write everything from the beginning? or Just the beginning of the, the, the top Patreon supporters are. That's all. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, uh, Stu Morrison, Keep. The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> I was trying to do that. <laughs> uh, nailed it. Thank Should goodness we up, just huh? did that all over again. Yeah. Should we do it again? Scott Turner, <laughs> no. Greg Mead, heck no. Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Kaling Spores, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. Quite the list. Quite the list indeed, everyone. Thank you. What are we working on? Let's talk to the illustrious Bill Lutz. What are you working on, you silver fox? I am a fox. Um, I'm working on nothing. Um, I I do have a couple of new hires at work, though, and my life has taken a serious turn for the better as far as, like, the amount of stress at work. So maybe I can get motivated to get back in the shop. Yeah. I mean, you, you look more rela- relaxed. It's, That's what I it's was much, thinking. It's much more relaxing. It really, it, it's it's amazing how having young people with young energy, well, young. I mean, one's thirty four, one's thirty eight, but to me, it's extremely young. Um, yeah, it's just it's that's so much better. But you mentioned Chad and uh, uh, one of our top patrons, and um, I would like to point out because you know I'm I'm uh, back into my my gun thing. I know it's not everybody's saying. Uh, but I saw Chad is using his laser to engrave a specialty part on a specific firearm. And it was just like, he's saying, oh, man, I'm so nervous about this. It's for somebody else. And I don't want to screw up their, because they're not cheap, right? But anyway, I just thought, Chaz, you're the man. He made this really cool Punisher thing on this uh, yeah. uh, laser engraved thing. It was cool. So I just thought I'd say that. But yeah. So uh, I'd like to get back in the shop soon, though. I, I got some barn doors that are just screaming to get done. So, <laughs> are the doors screaming or your wife is screaming? Well, I finally found out. So check this out. I finally figured out that I thought it was Casey's partner that was really, really wanting to have the doors there. It's not. It's her. She finally just fessed up. I want these. Can you please just make these for me? I'm like, why didn't you just say that months ago? It would have been already done. Hmm. It really would have. I mean, I, it's now that I know it's for her because I was just like I said, I just I was just kind of burned out on the whole salon thing and her partner, and it's nothing horrible, but it was just there. But now it's like, okay, it's for you. I will get it done. She showed me a couple pictures of specific ones she likes. I'm like, I actually like that design too. Uh, I'll come up with something really cool. I have I already have an idea of using um, some fluorescent light diffusers as mm-hmm. fr- frosted uh, panels. Because I, I have access to that. So mm. it's already sparked the whole thing. I'm like, yep, there's the door that you want the frosty glass look. Boom. Those are really fragile, those diffusers. Yeah, they're eighth inch. I've, I've broken they, many. 
Yeah, they are, but usually they're really fragile when they're really old. They're mm. bitter. They're uh, not bitter. Um, brittle. Yeah. Brittle. Yeah, bitter. Yeah. <laughs> they're bitter. Yeah. That's why no, they break no, on you, Tim. They're just tired of you. <laughs> they're really oh, yeah. angry about the whole LED thing. <laughs> yes. But, but anyway, I, I think that'll work. And if not, there's some other ideas I can do for a uh, frosted glass of some yeah. kind. But I, I'll use a plexiglass because I don't want you know glass. Yeah. You can sand the plexi to make it like frosted. Exactly. Yeah. Or even uh, that with a. You can wipe acetone on it, and that'll. I mean, you know, try smaller areas first, make sure you get the look you want, but. Yeah, but I, I thought about the, the sanding because uh, people do that on concrete floors, right? They they make mm-hmm. their swirly swirl designs. Yeah, yeah. The swirls you don't want normally with the sander, if you're actually trying to make a design with that, that might be kind of fun to play with on a uh, some plexiglass. Try and put an actual intentional swirl design. Oh, yeah, you know, like yeah. they, they make that metal like that that has those circles in it that they machine. I yeah. did that to my, my aluminum double base that I play. I did that with a wire brush yeah. I, I you know on an angle grinder, and I did that finish. Oh, a wire way brush might be polishing. fun to do too, yeah. That, that might be a little aggressive for, for that plastic. Yeah, I wouldn't use a wire brush for the plastic. Just do use your palm well, sander. Well, a, a, a brass br- brush, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You made a money. Anything to scratch it up, like like part of the area. Just, anyway, so I'm, I'm like yeah. starting to spark some creativity, and uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, what else? I, oh, and then Casey and I went shooting again this weekend. That was fun. So I, I got no major complaints, man. Life's pretty good. How about you guys? Um. Tim? I, I, uh, I, I'm working on my double bass that I'm making, which is um, fun and, and nerve-wracking and, you know, kind of biting off more than I can chew, but that's where I like to be. I like to be, like, just beyond what I'm capable of, you know? <laughs> that's what, that way you're Not to about. say that, I mean, biting off more than you can chew is, I was just going to say you kind of have a big mouth, so it shouldn't be that unusual for you, right? Well, it's a big mouth, so that means I'm picking up a huge bite, so, you know... That, that was funny, right? Only only no, Tim could like skip right past that huge an insult and just be like, "Well, you know what? My mouth is kind of big, but that does mean that I take on a lot." I mean, like what? Well, that's, that's, it's like I tell my it's like I tell my kids. That's how you win. Like if 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 someone bullies you, like they're only a bully if it actually if you actually get hurt about it. You know what I mean? If you don't, if it doesn't bother you, then they then you but win. But if we don't stand up to bullies like Bill, yeah. Then he will just move on to his next victim, who isn't as secure and manly as you are. And his name is Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Phil knows I got nothing but hugs. Nothing but hugs for him. We miss you, by the way, Phil. Um, we do. Where, we, why do you mean, where am I? I don't know, he's right there. What are you talking about? No, Casey yeah. and I miss you. We miss your oh, visit. Your visit oh, was that's, amazing. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I do miss Casey. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, Continue, Tim. <laughs> yes, so I'm working on that. Um, Bill, this is for you. I have a couple things to say. This one's for you, Bill. Um, next f- Friday, we're getting a house guest for three days named Dakota, the bearded dragon, that my yes! my um, my Vance's uh, friend's pet, they're going away for a few days, and so we're going to house or babysit this bearded dragon for a few days. He'll be here at our house, so that's that's going to be exciting. Oh, man, that's, that's cool, and you're going to end <laughs> yeah. up getting one now. I was like, I was like, Bill is gonna freak out. He's like, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to that, to hanging out with this thing and seeing what it's all about. Um, but the, um, the big thing I wanted to say was that this week, right now, I'm doing a pre-order. I don't know if I talked about this last week or not, but um, so I'm, I'm sold out of squares. Um, that's my tool that I invented that Phil loves, and um, 
I'm doing a pre-sale this week right now at timsway.net slash square, S-Q-W-A-Y-R-E. That'll actually direct you to my, my new Perspectives Isaac web store, but that's just an easy way to remember it. And so right now until September 1st, they are 10% off. And um, what I'm doing is I'm trying to offset the cost of making them because I have to make a pretty large batch and they're expensive. Uh, so the exciting news is that I've already sold pre-sold enough metrics. So metric will be made. Um, which is cool because there's been people in the wings for, you know, like a year. But still, uh, if you're interested in one, I would still recommend going and getting one now because they're 10% less. They're cheaper now during this week. And if I'm going to make another batch of Imperial, I still need to sell a few more. So if you're interested in the Imperial Square, go to timsway.net slash square, S-Q-W-A-Y-R-E. You can buy one now for a little less than they will cost. I have to sell a few more to manufacture them. And if I don't sell enough, then the people that have purchased into them already, I'm just going to have to refund um, and not manufacture them. And so you'd be letting down your nobody friends. Nobody wants that. Yeah, nobody, you, nobody wants, wants to let down your friends who have so graciously no. pre-ordered. Um, so all the details are at the website, timsway.net slash S-Q-W-A-Y-R-E. Yeah, nothing like guilting your customers. I like oh, it. I, fe- I feel yeah. it's the best. I'm, I'm following the um, the public radio um, model <laughs> for collecting money. Like, right. you know, we're just we're gonna have to. Old Gil's gonna have to shut the doors down if you don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was really yeah, looking forward to we, eating this month. Yeah. That's alright. I can sit in my car. Old years, okay. but this <laughs> month is really tough. Yeah. Uh, old Gil. Old Gil. How about you, Phil? Old Gil <coughs> needs Great question, sale. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Gil is one of my favorite characters on The Simpsons, by the way. Gil, yeah. He's um, I am, uh, I'm traveling this week, so I'm not working on anything. But let me ask you guys something. If you use boil linseed oil on a project, how long do you wait before you put on, like, a, a sealer finish, like a polycrylic, uh, polycrylic or polyurethane or something like that? Or uh, even a, I think how long have how you been waiting? it was. Yeah. Like, so it's been sitting on my... Be- I made this little pencil holder thing um and it's been sitting on my bench probably for six or seven or even eight days and You're it's done. still a little oily like clean it clean it yeah, with something it like uh yeah wipe it off with some um um not degreaser uh denatured alcohol or something like that put 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 that out in the group that's not something i'm super familiar with but you can clean off the surface oil. well look up uh, just look on the can. Whatever you clean, I don't remember if it's mineral spirits or alcohol. Oh yeah, whatever. Whatever you, whatever you clean spirits. it with. Yeah, the mineral spirits. Yeah. And you just damp a damp yeah. mineral spirits rag and wipe it off and let it sit for an hour and then go. Mineral spirits is not going to go down inside the grain and pull all that oil out. It's yeah. just gonna it's gonna wipe off the top and it's gonna go down a little mm-hmm. bit and just evaporate. And then you can probably sand it and then put your sealer on it. Yeah. It, what what okay. is it dense? Is it really dense wood? That is like. Uh, one is some uh, rando mahogany, like hmm. uh, Moranti. Not sure it's just... called. Hmm. And then the other one is uh, there's just some some oak from the uh, from the uh, Ernestina there. Yeah, you're just saturated, man. That's all. You're just saturated. Yeah. So it it's just too much. Absorb just get, yeah, just it's a small piece, so it's fried a little dabble go a long way. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna give that a shot because like I'd like to have this on my desk already. Yeah, yeah, right. Like silly. I've done that before for the color in like you know big barnwood yeah. desks and stuff. You know where it's like you know hemlock or whatever kind of reclaimed barnwood. And um, yeah, I mean I'll dump like a gallon of it on there, and it's ready for poly an hour later sometimes. You know, but um, but not literally but, thirsty. But um, right. yeah, because it's just old and dry, and it's and it's porous yeah. wood. Like the the grain is looser. But when you start talking like oak and stuff like that, where the grain's really tight, 
a little bit goes a lot further and it doesn't you know it's not going to suck up as much too so yeah so that's all you have you just had too much okay all right so that's good all right so then i'll be able to finish that one off um we did have somebody who wrote in about the the ernestina wood remember we were talk- oh yeah I talking I, yes i saw Matt, that it, well, it was Matt- this project specifically that brought it up and that um there were some end grain dowels that were inserted into some holes and I, have I couldn't it. figure it out, so I figured, so I figured Tim will yeah, talk about I, it. Yeah, I thought it was a great. It was from, it's from Matt Thayer, who went to the Rhode Island's boating school. I forget the name of it. Maybe it's even in the email. Uh, Matt's of Klondike Custom Creations. And so he wrote, just finished listening to the last episode of the podcast, and as always, a joy to listen. I wanted to make sure to get that first sentence in, because it's the most important sentence of this. Yep. So yep. I just wanted to mansplain a bit of the terminology for the wood that Tim got from that dude, Levi, from the Ernestina. As a boat builder myself, and I have worked on 130-ish foot long wooden schooner similar to the Ernestina, and know a couple of people who have worked on that boat in Maine, I figured you may like to know what those end grain things are called. The end grain dowels are referred to as trunnels. Originally, they were tree nails, being basically wooden nails, and that got shortened to trunnels over time, which I never knew. I've heard the word trunnel, but I never knew it came from tree nail. That sounds like a real New England accent thing, too, there. I can hear my grandfather yeah. saying, that. Oh, I got the trunnel. The tree nail? Yeah, the trunnel. You know. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, since all the I grain. I was is, on the East Coast for a second. Yeah. Anyway, since all the end grain is uh, showing, he always had a cigar in his mouth. So I just couldn't understand what he was saying. Uh, you want a rot resistant wood, strong and porous wood, so the water swells to keep the dowel on the plank, which makes sense, of course, or any part of the trunnel is holding. Traditionally, they're made of black locusts. I was guessing hickory, and that's black locusts traditionally. Very rot-resistant, strong, and porous, and they are used to hold on planks on the outside of the boat and also various parts of the boat that you couldn't use normal metal hardware on. There's a slot cut into one end grain face of the dowel, which accepts a wedge, uh, and when the dowel is pounded into a blind hole, the wedge stops and expands, the, just like you would put an axe head on, you'd put that wedge in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the wedge stops and expands the back side of the dowel into the hole that is drilled, the, then cut flush to the outboard side to the planking or whatever and then another wedge is pounded in from the other side or the outside of the boat securing the place so they're actually doing it like an axe handle but on both sides um, yeah. which makes sense you know um, hopefully I typed this out well enough to understand and hopefully you had a thing or t- you learned a thing or two from my novel on an email thanks keep up the great work even Bill <laughs> 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 so thank you Matt that's uh, I, I appreciate that sort of deep dive into information yes definitely um, I love it Give us his full name and his shop again. It's, it's uh, Matt Thayer, T-H-Y-E-R, of Klondike Custom Creations. And um, ironically, and I, I wrote back to him after this, ironically, um, uh, Paul Jackman and I were just talking about him like a week or two prior because I was asking Paul if he had ever done any steam bending because I have a project coming up I'm going to be doing some steam bending on. And Paul just said, oh, you should just call Matt. Like he went to that Rhode Island boat school, he'll 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 answer. So I I've been talking to Matt a little bit since about my steam bending project. He was like, oh yeah, I'll come up and show you if you need me to. I was like, awesome. Are you are you uh are you gonna steam some broccoli again? <laughs> so yes, every night. <laughs> Just about. I love that stuff. It is very good. It is very good. Uh, um. Okay. So. That was good. That was a good little intro. That was nice. It's a lot of um, a lot of info in there, information. Yeah. So we're gonna segue right into um, basically another um, listener email, which is what we're talking about uh, for this topic this week. Um, let's see who has that open. Do you have that open? I don't have the email open. But I can get it. Um, okay. Here I have it here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so 
This week's topic is inspired by John Made It of, um, of everywhere. Uh, yeah, of just <laughs> podcast review fame. And uh, he goes, "Hi guys, between all my traveling around, I'm doing so I can leave iTunes reviews." Uh, in parentheses, he writes, "I'm surprised Apple haven't banned me from iTunes yet." Um, I've started to get requests from friends at work to make them some stuff. When they ask how much it will cost, I've just been telling them to give me whatever uh, they are. Ugh, this email went off. The, they are happy to give. Uh, I've said this so I can get the experience of doing commission work and build up a bit of a portfolio. Ah, crap, build a portfolio, and also to see what people are willing to pay. I'd like to know how you guys went about selling your first items to friends and family, also strangers, when you started out. Uh, I know now uh, that you have experience at making and time is precious, so you would quote uh, as if it was any other commission work, but when you start out, the quality of your work isn't great and also takes 10 times as long uh, as it would take someone with experience. So if you use the formula man hours times rate plus materials equals cost of the job, then you, up, then you end up selling a piece of junk for a very high price. Uh, uh, I would like to make some money to pay for my hobby and possibly go full-time later in the future, but I don't want my love of making to become work. I also wouldn't want to, be, to underprice my work and, and put it on Etsy because it just becomes a race to the bottom for all us hobbyists and mm. professional makers. Below are a few commission pieces, but that was for our eyes only, so I'm not going to talk about that. But um, super interesting email and, and brings up a lot of topics that I think a lot of people struggle with, um, beginners, intermediates, and advanced alike. First and foremost... He's right. Charging friends and family, especially when you're starting out, can be very awkward. Frankly, it's awkward the whole way through. Yeah. Um, and, in, and in fact, I usually... Uh, I avoid Full it. disclosure. I, yeah, I try to dissuade people. I'll usually give them... I don't know if I can say this on the, on the rated G version of our show here, but I'll just say this. I usually give them an, uh, an FO price. You'll figure out what that means, hmm. which basically means it's so high that they just kind of think to themselves, okay... Uh, let's find somebody else. I don't um, even give them that. I give them like a runaround to let them know it's going to be that. And I tell them a hundred reasons why it's going to be that, you know, without actually giving them a number. <laughs> if it's something I don't want to do. Well, this is faster. And then, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. But, uh, this is well, faster. I mean, okay. So you guys are talking about more like now. I, I think his no, question no. was... At the beginning, too, I wasn't into it. But, yeah, fair enough. Go ahead. Yeah, let's, yeah well, I want I'm to focus just, on that part of it, the beginning when your stuff yeah, is not in, as good. In, in, the beginning, in the beginning, just accept the fact that if you're going to lose money or you're going to break even at best if you're dealing with family. Because one of the things that you're... Like the formula for the man hours times blah, 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 materials doesn't work is because, like he said, you don't have the experience. So you don't want to sell an expensive item that's lack of experience and quite possibly a crappy piece of work, right? So you cut that price down because you're you're gaining the experience of actually I don't care what it is the entire experience of making something for somebody else. So that's that's got to be worth something too to you. So you yeah. can charge your friends and family if if you're okay to do it. Ridiculous prices. Ridiculous. I mean, just pay for the materials is always a good one, right? I'll give you my time. You pay for the materials. I'll learn how to do something. You get something cool. So here's what I did at the beginning. Um, and when I say the beginning, I don't mean like literally the beginning, but let's say when I first started selling on Etsy, and yeah, I wasn't then what I am now, which isn't something incredible either, but I certainly feel confident in my ability to make something now. Um, whatever I was selling on Etsy, those were the things that I usually got requested to make by friends and family, and okay. I've just charged them the same amount, right? So if I charged 100 bucks for a step stool, that's how much it is. It's 100 bucks. you know what I mean? Like I'm not making any great fortunes off this, so if you want one, I'm happy to make you one, and that's how much it is. But at the very, very beginning, when I really was learning and experience was worth more to me, 
Um, I would just volunteer to make stuff for people at almost like no no cost because for, I, for the most part I was making it out of reclaims so it didn't really cost me anything okay. so I felt good about that um, or I'd make something for myself and then just give it away and then make it another one like I made a few coffee tables at the beginning and just gave them away and so I felt good about that until I was just confident enough that this is something that is uh, worth enough to that person that I should be charging them and I've always felt that it's not that formula, it's the market rate for the item that you should be charging. I don't like that formula. Yeah, one of the things that you just said that it makes a lot of sense, um, if you're gonna make something for family, you're not gonna charge them anything. One way to kind of get around the obligation part of it, and I've done this many a times, it's like they say, hey, can you make me a, a coffee table or something? And what you do is you tell them, you know what? I'm not gonna make that specific one, but I'm already making a coffee table, I'm experimenting, and you can have that when I'm done, right? And then still mm -hmm. see what they want. So they don't know that you aren't really doing that, but that just takes so much pressure off of you. They think they're getting something for free. If, if in fact, you're going to give stuff away, like you said, you got reclaimed or charged for materials or whatever. Say, hey, if you give me what I got into it for materials, I'm already making one. It's going to look something like you want. It, it really does make them back off on the amount of time it might take you to get it to them. It makes uh, the price isn't going to be an issue because, you know, they're there getting something for free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it's that's I've I've done that many times. Like, oh yeah, you want me to build you some? You know what? I'm doing a closet organizer for Casey, and I've got some extra pieces that actually aren't going to fit in there. Let me show you what I got, and maybe we can add to it, and make it fit for you. As long as it's you're doing them a favor when they ask for something, it's like, no, I, I got you. I've already got something, or I'm already building something, or yeah, I've got one already in the shop. Let's see how you like it. You know what I mean? There's all kinds of ways to get out of that yeah. very initial obligation because that's one of the things that and I'm going through this now um, when you feel obligated for something you don't feel appreciated for it and that can happen real quick when you're struggling with building something it's taking longer than you thought and that's one phone call hey are you done yet that screws Ooh. up everything it just screws yeah. up everything right so you can yeah. avoid that by simply saying hey I've already got something like that you can have it when I'm done right how can you argue with that yeah that's yeah you can't Basically, what I was gonna say too is that I would like, I would rather give something to someone than charge them like a little tiny bit amount of money for it because then it just totally levels the playing field and it changes expectations. Like, if if they're paying for something, then they have the right to be like, well, can you make it a little more brown or can that be a little bit bigger? And if you're making something for them for free, then that takes all those expectations off. So you, you get the opportunity to to just create it, right? Um, and like what you said, Bill, is a, is a great way. And I think I've done similar things, maybe worded them differently, but, but like I followed that same yeah, path. Yeah. Like, hey, I can't make that Pinterest picture for you. Um, like I would have to, and that's kind of like what I was saying, like I, that would cost me too much to go through the process of like duplicating those materials and this and the other thing. However, I had this idea to make something similar, like that I will just make for you or make for the cost of the material. If that interests you, if you really want this Pinterest piece, you should need to go. And I do this with regular customers that aren't even friends or family. They send me some Pinterest thing, and I Google what it's selling for. You know, I do like a image search, and it's like three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. You know, at, at you know, Target. You know, and it's just like, just go buy that. Like, why? You yeah. think I'm gonna make that for less? You know, like just yeah. like no, I'm not gonna compete with Target. You know, <laughs> like, and you let you let them know that too. Say, hey, I looked yeah. up that piece you're looking at on Pinterest for three ninety nine. I just I can't do that for that price, and that's a good yeah. looking piece. You might want to just consider getting that one. I mean, yeah. Yeah. always or, turn it back around. You know, on yeah. the other side, the, the people send me a picture of some twenty thousand dollar one of a kind like sculpture from some New York you know art gallery mm -hmm. furniture type thing, and they have like a budget of fifteen hundred bucks. 
It's like, yeah, it's like I could I could probably make that for less than the twenty thousand. I'll let him know. Like I did my legwork. I can make that for less than the twenty thousand dollars that the original guy is charging for. You know, I it'd be probably about eighteen. Let's go back to uh, something uh, one of us who's really smart said. The the formula thing. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a good point. Go ahead. um, I hate that formula because it's irrelevant. Well, Um, I'm going to disagree with you, but I want to hear the rest of what you said first. Well, (laughs) maybe the the material is certainly a factor in that equation, but... I don't, I don't care how long it took me to make something. That's not, for me, what determines the value of that item. It's what the market rate is. Like, if it takes me 20 hours to make something that the market is willing to pay 20 bucks for, then that doesn't change the value of the item. That just changes right. how long it took me to make it. Um, but by this, the opposite is true as well. If, if it's worth three grand on the market, but it took me five hours to make, why in the world would I charge 250 bucks Plus materials for it. Yeah. So well, that's the, the the I agree with you, but the market value and the labor they have to make sense to the individual maker because some some yeah. makers might be able to make that twenty dollar item in a time frame with they, they, like a CNC guy versus a non CNC guy, you know, etc. So you have to take you have to use both those numbers to decide. Like the, it's not irre- the, the the man hour one isn't irrelevant. You have to equate that into it. So if someone asked me to make a table. And they have a $500 budget. I can make a table for $500. It might not be that Pinterest table you sent me, but I can, you know what I mean? So you take all these factors into, into account to make your thing. And again, this is as a businessman, not necessarily as a hobbyist, but, but, um, right. That's, so I, I would use that formula to determine whether or not the project was worth my time. Exactly. But exactly. I wouldn't use it to determine the cost to the customer. You know um, I mean? It's hard because that's, it, so well, you, in the automotive you, you industry. Both. Yeah, in the automotive industry, they have a standard, right? They have a standard. It takes so long to, to rebuild your engine. Yeah. Pretty much every place, there's a book they open up, and they say that you can charge 12 hours of labor for that. Whether it takes you 20 or it takes you three, there's a mm. standard out there. That's not so much with individual makers, right? Because, again, what tools do we have? What's our process? How do we, what do yeah. we have access to? I mean, there's so, so many different variables. You, there is no real standard for it, but market rate is a good standard in your area. Right. So when I'm in mine. when I'm in John's shoes and the the his friend shows in the Pinterest picture and says, "Can you make this?" You find the market right. value of it, and because you, you know you you can't charge for hour and material, right? But that market value is like, oh well, th- these sell for a hundred bucks. Could I make it for my friend? You know, mine might not be as good because I don't have the experience. Maybe I can make it for him for fifty. Does it make sense to me? Do I think with my skill set I have now, I can make this for fifty bucks and have it be yeah. a, a beneficial for me in the learning experience, beneficial for my friends? And then, you know, and then you go from there. But, yeah, I mean, One of his questions, too, one of the things he was worried about, you figured that out, it's like, okay, are you going to undersell yourself? Yes. Just accept oh, that yeah. in the beginning. You're yeah. just going to undersell yourself. That's part of what you're paying for that experience. So mm-hmm. you don't want to get into a point where, you know, you've been doing this for 10 years and you're still giving everything away, right? That's not going to happen. Bad. But in yeah, the beginning, it can, you know, and, and, and sometimes a formula will work for you, too, as well. If you do a craft show type stuff where, you know, I can batch out 20 of these things. It's it, but I don't do it. I don't go in my garage and spend four hours every night, exactly every night doing the same product. Right. It's like, hey, I spent all day Saturday, a couple hours after work on this day so that you can kind of trim down to a formula. OK, on average, it's going to be a couple hours uh, per piece. By the end of the week, I'll have X amount done. You figure out some kind of a formula. Still look at the market. Know, know where you're going to open up your 
You go to the craft fair. What are they selling for out there? Mm. You know, I mean, try and make it a little bit more unique. I don't know. It's you might have you might have two products. One that they're both worth fifty bucks, and one takes you two hours to make, and one takes you ten minutes, right? But right. both of them have a market value of fifty dollars. So you make both of them, and you lose on one, but you gain on the other, and it works out in the wash in the end. You know, and maybe maybe the one that that you know you're kind of losing on is the one that brings people into the store though because it's so unique and interesting and that generates other sales and generates you know you you call that a loss leader yeah yeah it's it's a product that builds that brings that so like walmart will advertise or whatever sears will advertise a product that they know they lose money on but it's bait and it brings people in and they buy either high margin Mm -hmm. items uh as well as that item and so they blend their margins at the deli, it's always American cheese, right? The deli counter's always got a sale on American cheese because people buy that. Like, oh, while I'm here, I'll get a quarter pound of ham, you know, or whatever. And you know, Not me, right. obviously. I, I win on that situation. <laughs> Speaking of smaller, of tofu, yeah. s- smaller batch items, too, if you're going to make, always have, if you're, if you're going to do some kind of a craft fair, or even if you're going to have for sale on Etsy, I would imagine, if you're going to have big ticket items, dining tables, coffee tables, chairs, whatever, shelving that you're going to sell for a higher amount of dollars. Tim, you do this with your little necklaces, right? Uh, always have that stuff that, I, I mean, the piano key necklaces. Have yeah. something that's, that's <laughs> it's like people have gotten to your site and they go, oh, you know what, shoot, I can't afford that table. Well, are they just going to leave? Or are you going to have something else maybe they can have? Yeah, give them yeah. an opportunity to support. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's good to have things in, in multiple price ranges for sure. I've never tried this, but I think this is a good strategy. If you're going to do these craft fairs um, or craft shows or all that stuff where you've got your bread and butter staple items like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, cutting boards and, you know, whatever that stuff is, bring in something experimental that you're working on also and see how that sells. Always have something new and different that you try out at these things to expand your product line. Like, that was a strategy that worked for me on Etsy is sort of developing more of a product line was sort of just experimenting with something and seeing how that worked out. Like, uh, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. I saw, this is what blew me away. It made no sense whatsoever, um, but I bought one as a gift just because. So beer yeah. totes, right? Beer totes, everybody makes a beer mm-hmm. tote, right? Yeah. This yeah. guy had made a beer tote and had a built-in pencil holder on the side or a little pen and pencil holder on the side. Why? Who knows? But here's this thing, and it, had, it came with a why. pen... A pen and it a makes, pencil on the side of it, and it's a beer tote. And I'm just like, that's cool. <laughs> First of all, so you know which one of your friends owes you money for beer. <laughs> it's, it's keeping tabs on the, oh, hey. That's right. You know. That's right. Hey, Tim, you had two beers. That'll be, yeah. I don't know, uh, carry the four. That'll we'll be four dollars. You know, actually, well, here, all you you craft fair guys, this is a free idea for you. Take the beer tote idea and put a chalkboard on it and have a piece of chalk, like a little chalk holder, so you can actually, like, erase, there dry erase, keep notes, you know. Of what beer is in the tote? What beer is in or the tote? And, of how many and, and you who drank, drank before it. you drive home? You got to make right. a paint the six pack grid on the chalkboard. So you write in the stout, the pilsner, whatever, into each one of those squares. And then as one of them disappears, you erase it and you write Bill, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> who drank That's a what? Good idea. It yeah. is. You're welcome. I got a million. But yeah, something fun. something silly like that might no oftentimes be one. be the the viral <laughs> sell, right? I do like the slate and chalk thing. Like I do yeah. like the back to nature kind. Of, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Not a magic marker, you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We've got That's a little. Cool. We've got a little uh, wooden box, and I could have made one, but I didn't. We just picked it up but it's just a little wooden box with a chalkboard on the side and that's where we keep Danny's toys and that's what Casey wrote on it is Danny's toys it's, it's genius yeah. yeah I love that 
That makes sense so, to write that. Yeah. <laughs> For Danny. Yeah. yeah. Where are my toys? 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 Oh, there they are. Oh, here we go. She knows how go. to go get them out of the box. I just can't figure out how to make her put them back. It's because she can read. Right. <laughs> Classic. Um, so I think something that we haven't talked about also is um, is the threshold, the confidence threshold. Like, how do you know, this is maybe rhetorical, maybe not, how do you know at what point in your abilities uh, have you quote-unquote made it where you feel confident that the prices you would charge are, are worth the product you're selling? For I, I can, Again, I can answer that fairly simply and quickly. Um, for me, it was the first time somebody came to me with an offer, right? It's like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm, I want you to build this thing for me and I'm willing to pay this, and it blew my socks off. I didn't show that, but it's like, I can't believe I, without even having it. So it, I don't know if there's a way to, to push for that price, but when somebody comes up and actually makes you feel good for the first time, every yeah. single build after that, I've known that I'm worth the money. Right, right. So it's almost like a, uh, like you said, it's not something you could force or determine on right. your own. It really does need to come from the outside. Yeah, it's just somebody offered or had me, wanted to get uh, half a dozen tables at a small cafe type deal, just some rustic looking tables, and they offered me a buttload of money to do it. And I couldn't think fast enough. It's like, why is this? Is this too good to be true? What am I saying? And I'm just <laughs> like, hey, that sounds like a, you know, shake hands. It's a good deal. And then I'm, how is this? How is this a bad idea? And the, the, it was a great idea. There was so much profit <laughs> in that. <laughs> there was yeah. so much profit because I knew where I can source the wood. I knew where I can source the metal. I can find most of it. All these things, and I made way more money than I would probably if he would have said how much you could charge me. I would have stuttered and even came up with what I thought would be a high price, and it was like half of what he offered me. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So yeah. I think so. A certain body of work, enough of what you've made, will speak for itself. Word, word of mouth. Word of mouth yeah. will bring somebody to you and say, "Hey, I've seen you did this and you did that." And most people that it's, it's amazing. And this is not friends and family, by the way, who are going to do that. <laughs> it's, no, they're yeah. not going to be the one to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, word gets around. Somebody's going to come up to you. They like what you do. They know it's not. They know it's something that they either don't have the skills or can't get the skills to do themselves. It's not worth their time and effort, but they understand what time is worth. You know, and those right. are the, the best customers and the best people to do business with because it's like, hey, you're worth this. I need this. You can make this for me. Here you go. Right. Yeah, some some people get it and some don't, and you you know. You're gonna deal with both of them no matter what, and sometimes they're your family members too, you know. Yeah, and that's, well, they, they are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. And, and that's but you don't you know, know if that's out of you don't know if that's out of love or out of like awe in what you can make too, right? Right. right. Saying, there's that right. One, but but, it's, that one but the other way too with the family members that they're like, well, what do you mean? You're my brother. Like you should be just doing it for me, and you know, like there's that. Sure. Like so, you realize that I do this for a living, you know, and that if yeah. I take. 20 hours to make this feel this 20 hours I don't work that week you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my, so my answer is it'll just happen one of these days mm -hmm. somebody's gonna you're gonna you're gonna make a deal with somebody you're gonna go I've made it I am the man right I'm I guess, the woman I guess yeah <laughs> well, I'm not the woman I'm just saying yeah. I, I was trying to be inclusive you know the whole thing yep. anyway go ahead right. great oh. job <laughs> I was gonna just wow just wow I was going to say, I guess the, the point that I was kind of sort of leading us all towards was that maybe the free or cheap friends and family discount that we give to our friends and family uh, helps us 
build a body of work that gets us to a point where somebody from the outside will be like, hey, I saw that thing you made that time, and wow, that's awesome. Could you do this for me? I'm going to pay you, you know, a bill yeah. load of money, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's. I, I, I mean, get that, by the way, Phil. I caught that. <laughs> yeah, I think I yeah. <laughs> that was good. Well, was yeah, good I think that's. I think that's exactly how my my career happened. You know what I mean? I started putting, you know, made a few things for my wife and other people, and then they started getting pretty good. And so I started putting them on Etsy, and people were willing to pay for them. You know, right? Um, I I do want to point one thing out there. Like, so you know, now we're at the point a couple years in. Now you're not the beginner, and you're making stuff, and it's worth you know it's worth more now right so that's something you have to deal with too with friends and family and i, I have this this sort of peeve about that and and I, I i can best say with this story i have my friend eric is an auto mechanic and he owns a garage down the street and i take my car all of our cars go to eric and sometimes even for things i probably could do but I, i'd rather have eric do it because he's a really good auto mechanic and he's my friend and he's my neighbor and our you know and all this stuff and i don't take it there to him as my friend because I want to get a deal. I take it there because I want to pay someone to do the job right, and if I'm going to pay someone to do the job right, I might as well pay someone I like. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Yeah. So it's not like, hey, you can can you cut me a break because our kids play together and, you know, remember that time? I, I don't want to do that. What do you charge? Yeah. You're 100 bucks an hour? Great. Here, Give me the bill. I'll pay you. You're going to do good by me because you're a good mechanic and we're friends, <clears throat> and then if you need me to make something for you, I'm going to make it for you and I'm going to charge you my rate, you know? And yeah. then we're supporting our economy. We're not like always working in this like i mean there are people you do favors for and, and stuff but i just this is a pet peeve of mine people are like oh come on like, i'm gonna go to my friend because i can get a deal that, why do you want to make your friend lose money go try to rip off the guy you don't like you know <laughs> <laughs> i like that tim that just drives me crazy i want two things one it i'm reading um i continue i picked up the fountain uh, not the founded uh atlas oh, shrugged again so, I'm, <laughs> so so what you're talking about is so is so like atlas shrugged right now but anyway yeah, oh yeah it is uh, yeah um, but the other thing I wanted to say was, <laughs> and not on topic at all, by the way, is that the three of us have been doing this podcast for so long, so many times, even on this podcast today, Bill has started talking or you've started talking. I was like, oh, I know the anecdote. They're I know the story. Up. Oh, yeah. I know the story they're going to bring yeah, up. I know. So <laughs> it's just so, it's so funny. It's almost like we're an old three-way married couple, which probably should be next week's topic. Um, three-way married ooh, couple? I'm writing it down. <laughs> the three-way. The big the three-way. 199, the, the three-way. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the, I, I do enjoy that that sort of, uh, that that relationship that the three of us have, where I kind of know, oh, he's going to bring up that thing with his friend Eric, yeah. yeah oh, he's going to talk about the, the thing where the mechanics <laughs> make more money because they have more experience. Yeah, That was the one. Right, I, yeah. <laughs> So, so here's two things about that, Tim. I, I, first of all, I just agree with you. It sucks. And I like how you put it. It's like, why do you want your friend to lose money? But, and that's especially more, I think, true for you, who this is how you make your living. But oh, what about somebody who's... it's different if you're not making a living. If Eric's just doing it <clears throat> yeah, for fun, if, that's a totally different so, thing. Well, if, if, even, if you're, even if you're doing it part-time, like Phil does it part-time he, to make, you know, he doesn't just make stuff and throw it away or give everything away. He, he, you do things to try and bring in extra income. Even sure. if you're doing that, that friends and family thing, turn the power play back on them, right? So it's like, no, can you give me a deal? Absolutely. It's going to take, I don't know, probably be about six months. Hmm. Or, you know, or don't give them a timeline. Say, yeah, I can do that. I can do it in my spare time, yeah. right? And then just let it drag on. Get a deposit and let it drag on and on and on and throw that power play back at them. It's like, and then they call you, hey, are you, how are you doing? Oh, man, I got another half hour in the garage today. I sanded some. That was great. <laughs> 
yeah. that's a great way to ruin a friendship and not make money. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what that is? That's the good, fast, cheap triangle. Exactly. So it's good. It's it, good. It is. It is. It's good and cheap, but it ain't gonna be fast. Yeah. <laughs> I, could I have it done tonight? Yup. Am I gonna have it done tonight? Nope. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you're a cheapskate. Right. But but so now you know the, what? I, I do love the barter system too, though, and there are opportunities to do that. So I'm not saying right. That, you Absolutely. Know, but it's like no, when you're but, making a living at it. Like my my friend doesn't need coffee tables. He needs to pay the shop mortgage. You know, like right. <laughs> But I think the expectation amongst friends is that if they give you a deal, you're going to give them a deal. And then it sort of equals out in the wash that you all save a little yeah. bit of cash at the same time. But you're yeah. right. He's not going to need – the same way you need a mechanic to fix your car, someone else is not going to need tables yeah. that often. He doesn't need that much furniture. Right. He's already got a house right, exactly. full of furniture. Yeah, so. well, the barter the system is legit. It's just, it's just not as common because most often people want something from you. They don't have anything you want. They might think they do, but they don't. Yeah. Right. Casey, uh, uh, just recently I came home from work and our tattoo artist was in the garage and Casey's got pink and bright purple and all kinds of crazy stuff. She's going to Burning Man, so she wanted her hair done. Awesome. Well, of course, Casey bartered with her and she's going to get some tattoo work done, right? Yeah. So. But that, again, like so the system of money that we have is because the person you're trading with isn't always going to have what you want, so you need to be able to take the fruits exactly. of that trade to someone else. Yeah. Most like, so. often, people don't have any fruit. They don't have what you want, and they don't have any fruit. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, and I call the bank, and I call the mortgage company, and I say, well, listen, I can give you a great deal on an oil change in my friend Eric's shop, but that just doesn't, you know? Yeah. For, so, for some reason, yeah, that ain't working out. <laughs> they, don't just see, they don't see the value of his fruit. I, I, so how would how would we uh, succinctly wrap this in a way that makes Phil's got common it. sense? Phil's got it. I can see it. Oh, do I? Oh, yeah. Um, do one to others. I don't know. Honestly, uh, at the beginning, pay your dues. Uh, do it for free or cheap, mm. and then and then when you're when you're good enough. You'll know it because someone will tell you, and then you could start charging mm -hmm. the right price. Yeah. That was pretty good. I was gonna, I was gonna say it a little bit differently. That don't do anything that doesn't feel right. You know, like as soon as if it doesn't, like if it doesn't feel right, then don't do it. If it, if it gives you the no feeling, right? You know, if it's like yeah. if like you know the 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 opportunity arises for you to make something in exchange for whatever, and it just like you know if if the value. Because the value isn't in money, it's in experience and blah, 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 and, you know, maybe right. tools. If it doesn't just, feel just right, keep, then don't do it. Yeah. Keep in mind that something's going to feel right in the beginning mm -hmm. and something can happen in the middle of a build. You're already taking that chance with everything you make for somebody else, mm -hmm. you know. So don't start off with it doesn't feel right, you know. Yeah, because if you, you shake you hands, might... everything seems good, and then halfway yeah. through the build, they turn into crazy clients or your yeah. obsessive aunt or whatever. And it, it's You're already taking a chance on it not feeling right. Don't start off that way. Yeah, yeah. Oh. One last thing, and this is going to happen to you. I guarantee it. You're going to take on a project you thought you could do. Midway through, you're going to be like, Can't oh, my it. God. Why did I do this? I have no idea how to do this. It's not working. What do I do? <clears throat> yeah, I don't have the answer for that. Yeah, no, but we've all done it. <laughs> yep. Most often, what you're going to do is you're going to do the best that you can. This is this, Honestly, this is what's going to happen. Unless you're dealing at, like, you know, you're doing something for the Smithsonian. Most often, you make something for somebody, you freak out because you're not sure how to do it, you're going to do the best you can, you're going to be nervous as heck, you're going to turn the project over to them, looking at all the flaws and the, the screw-ups on it, they're not going to see a darn thing. Mm. And they're yeah, going to love it. 
they're going to love it and they're going to think it's quirky and it's cute and they're going to thank you. Or if they do bring something up, that's when you can negotiate. Say, hey, you know, this ha- thing happened. But mm. don't worry about it. Most often, unless, unless yeah, you're making you're, something you're for remind me them where that... I can spot all the flaws. I mean, yeah. I mean, not me personally, but if you make something for another oh, maker, yeah. they're yeah. going to see it. But most people wouldn't have you make it for them if they're another maker. They don't yeah, know. They, yeah. You know, they don't know. So, And, and if they do see it, you can remind them that they didn't pay you to make it. <laughs> there is that. Say, you know, you didn't pay me. I can just take it home and I can keep it myself. Yeah, you right. know, or here, here's the fifty dollars back that you gave me for the the wood, and I'll just take it home then. The right. chances are they're gonna want it, you know. And and that's a learning experience too. Like you, that way, if, especially if you're doing something like that where you're paying for materials, it's a hundred bucks. Take it, give them a hundred bucks back. Like, oh, you're not happy with it here? Here's your hundred bucks. I'm gonna take it with me. Because so, it was so on top up. of that, last thing is just so we're not sugarcoating anything. Not only are you going to screw something up and it's going to feel awkward, you're going to end up with a really pissed off client at some point. There's going to be that bad deal. It's just going to happen. Um, just try not to fight it. Do the best that you can. But yeah. there's there's it doesn't happen often, but there's going to be a time when somebody's just not happy with what you've made. Yeah. They leave. You give them a refund. They're still not going to be happy. Just yeah. chalk it up as experience and move on. Yeah. Agreed. As long as you do everything, do everything right, just do everything right, and you you just can't. Yeah. I, I, Simpsons again, the the moleman gets locked in yeah. the quickie mart for fifteen minutes because uh, like Apu went somewhere, took a fifteen minute break, and the guy was in the back, and he got locked in. And then he comes back, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry that you were locked in here." He was like, "What can I do to make it up to you?" He says, "I want my fifteen minutes back." <laughs> some people just they, that's the way some people are, you know. You just yeah. you can't give them what they want. You know, so just when that happens, deal with it. <laughs> yeah, it will happen. Be don't be don't don't be afraid to fire a client. Cut yeah. your losses. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Fire. I a like client. that a lot. Yeah. I'm writing that down. Um, iTunes review reviews. Oh, okay, okay strap Ooh. in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Want so me to knock a... out? Want me to knock out the one? Um. Um. Okay. I I guess. Okay. So we we got this is amazing. I don't know how this is the universe. Uh, we got we got a podcast five star review from Jim Jackson number one, uh, forty two evening rose, um, SLBG. I'm going to say sibling spam. Um, <laughs> white with colors. Um, Cindy Lorette's. I think I dated her in high school. Um, M oh, Cindy M Peanut. Um, and a few more, and a few more, and basically what they what they really wanted to say, and all these people all at once not only love us, but they they just want to know uh, if if you have a chance, maybe you should check out a really talented maker. Uh, look up Joshua Alexander on YouTube. Uh, has some amazing amazing uh, videos to check out. All these people seem to think that's what you need to do. Check out Joshua Alexander. <laughs> Um, it's yeah. it's crazy. It was like it was like seven or eight people that all wrote in at exactly the yeah. same time. Five so stars. Did, those are just I, the American ones. It's actually an international phenomenon. There's, I did as well. There's uh, two really? from Canada, one from the UK, and one from Australia. Actually, another one from Canada. Another really? one from Canada. There's four from Canada, one from Australia, and one from the UK. So really, like it's a Commonwealth um, so, uh, phenomenon look, as well. It, the entire universe. There's yeah. there's 20 people at least out there that thinks you should check out Joshua Alexander on YouTube, uh, otherwise known as a friend of ours, uh, Yusitat. Yeah, so I have to I have to 
correct you though, there's actually more than 20. There's 23 counting us because his stuff is actually really, really cool. And if you go to My Hands <laughs> Gallery or Usitat on uh, Instagram is uh, usually where I check his stuff out. He has a YouTube channel too at Joshua Alexander, but he does like oh. finger finger painting um, stuff and uh, and art. Like, he welds art. Like he makes critters out of scrap metal and stuff. The guy's just a multi-talented uh, artist, and uh, and he is worth well. checking out. And apparently, yeah, I'm not alone. Because uh, white with colors and sibling spam and Cindy Lorette's and Forty Two Evening Rose and everybody else agree. Everybody, I mean, because when you think about it, um, the guy's talented enough to leave us a hundred and thirty-two star review. Yeah, that's really good. That's, that's really right. Good. That's some skill. So, yeah, that's good. So it should we, actually we be, had to read that. There should be numbers multiples of five. So one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to all be five star reviews, so one of them is, is well, in trouble for leaving a two star. Well, no, it's just my math, you know. It's... Okay, uh, here's one from Awesome On, and uh, the topic is subject is my 23rd favorite maker podcast! Exclamation mark. He probably meant that as a compliment. Uh, Reclaimed Audio has quickly become my 23rd favorite maker podcast. (laughs) I love their mission of using reclaimed materials to make all kinds of amazing things. I just wish they would not mainly focus their What Caught Our Attention weekly segment on YouTubers. There are many other amazing makers on Instagram who don't necessarily have a YouTube channel. One absolutely amazing maker is Rob Dean from Rob (laughs) Company. I know Rob. Yeah, I do too. Rob's awesome. Rob. Rob... When I met Rob, he was working at the Atlanta Aquarium, and I was there at the woodworking show with Vance, and he took Vance and I on like a backstage tour of the aquarium. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. Huh. When he does that for me, then we'll talk. Um, <laughs> he makes absolutely amazing, stupendous lamps from reclaimed whiskey and liquor bottles. Everyone should go follow him right this minute, as he is working towards his goal of 10,000 followers. The 67 listeners to your podcast (laughs) make a great dent in achieving that goal. All kidding aside, the guys at Reclaimed Audio are the greatest dudes ever. I've been fortunate to meet two out of three of them at various times in Atlanta. Still waiting on Phil to cross the border, though. And I can proudly say uh, they're not my 23rd favorite maker podcast, but sit squarely at 11. Give them a listen. You won't be sorry. That sounds more accurate, I think. 11 sounds fair. It's it's beyond praise. Does it, though, Robbie Rob? Does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got us into the Dolphin Show. He showed us like he worked in the sound and light booth and at the Dolphin Show. When I don't think he works there anymore. Um, and uh, and so he brought us up into the and like Vance was like five and he just wanted to see the, the dolphins, you know. But like you know, he, he showed me all the equipment and I was just like, oh my god, like this is amazing. I was backstage, you know what I mean? Like looking at all this stuff and the and uh, right. and Vance was just like, where are the dolphins? <laughs> you know, he didn't care. But uh, and then he, we we got to sit down and watch the show. And oh man, it was such an awesome day. So uh, cool. so I'm trying to get us up until like the top ten by flattering him right now. See if we can get I to see number, that number nice nine work. maybe. You know. Yeah. And we we have one more here too. I'll read real quick. Um, review worth reviewing by Yoruba L. This awesome podcast with three great makers who use used stuff to make cool new stuff. I like the banter. One of them used to be in a band. That's Bill. Uh, one of them is not even from here, and one of them is trying to figure out what the other two are talking about. Yeah, I love these guys. Now for an idea. I want us to collaborate with all your listeners to make a new tool. I'm thinking about making aluminum sheets from poplar or um, pop soda beer cans. A 12-ounce can will make a 4-inch by 8-inch sheet of aluminum if you peel it off. So the tool we make can be called the can peeler. It will take the top and bottom 
off of a beer can and flatten out the sides. It's going to be awesome. We can use the aluminum on a, a cry cut like those. Pre- Cricket, cut, yeah. is that how it's pronounced? The little CNC's? No. We can make the rest of stencils or business cards, and we can make our own, quote, stickers. That's actually a really interesting idea. I, I wonder if there is something like that out there that just peels the top and bottom off a can. I've never seen it. Well, you could, like, it's a shear, right? Yeah, well, well but if, if it's if it's still round, and so you would, like, almost like, um, like, you know, you, you cut glass or, like, a pipe. Yes. You, you know, like to a, get a, started, and then and then it just have it turn around a blade mm. or a shear or something. Yeah, but so, it's got to be... So we, we, we've mentioned Jackman quite a few times. We might as well mention Gagne. He has a really uh, cute way of doing that where he just takes his angle grinder and he slightly grinds the top of the beer can or the pop can, and then the whole pop top just comes off. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. But to, to, to do it straight has got to be tricky, though, like all the way around, right? No, because you're, you're, it's already straight. You're doing it from the top down, so you're holding the can, and you go across the top. It'd be like yeah. if you flipped it over and just rubbed the top on uh, sandpaper. Until oh, I got gotcha. you. So he just basically grinds it away. Right. Gotcha. That makes sense, yeah. I'm picturing like some type of like a pipe cutter, though. If you made like two a two-headed pipe cutter that was exactly the size of the can that was super sharp, so you could just like pop the can in, and then there's like a little motor that just spins the can. And then it just boop. And now you have a, a hollow tube, you know. Yeah, you'd have to have it grip onto the ends themselves because they're the strongest parts of the can. Right. So it'd be like a like suction on the ends, and then, or and then they you would could fill the can back up with liquid and freeze it, so it gave it some rigidity. Actually, not a bad idea. Well, except for all the time, waste of water, energy. Yeah. And the machine with the special motor that spins a can with the super sharp blades. You fill it with concrete, fill it with concrete, and then just cut through the co- get a concrete cutting <laughs> saw. Great idea. Yeah. Well, we're but no, but whoa, whoa, whoa! But if the concrete wasn't waste, like the ice would be waste, right? But if you filled it up with concrete, you cut the top and bottom off, and then you dump the concrete cylinder out, and then you use those concrete cylinders to build a wall, like a retaining wall or something. Oh, I want to build a wall now. Yeah, it, we're not building any walls, Tim. Okay. <laughs> Tear down this wall. <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev, um, weekly tip segment. I feel like we covered this one. Uh, use a little bit of uh, denatured alcohol or mineral spirits to get I, excess. I uh, gets us. Well, well, I think we have to save them because we're running a little long here. Um, what uh, grabbed your attention this week, Bill? Would you say? Um, uh, what well, you know? What caught my attention? Uh, so I, I've mentioned before that I, I get most of my cigar box guitar parts from uh, CB Giddy Cigar Box Giddy Giddy Guitar Right. CB Giddy. Uh, they just they do a show called the Giddy Gang Show. It's like a little YouTube thing. It's a live broadcast, and they just did their hundredth one. And um, I miss this community of cigar box guitar makers, and I know a few of them, and it's really cool. But what was special is about the 100th one, they get on there, and they talk, and they say, oh, we've got this really cool Panda cigar box guitar donated by Mr. Dave Gatton. And I'm like, oh, wow, I know Dave Gatton. (laughs) So that's what caught my attention. That was really cool. So if you need anything for cigar box guitar parts, check out cbgiddy.com. That's right. You gave Dave Gatton the virus. You infected him with the... Guitar I don't know cars. if I if I did, but um, uh, I, he's in that world, uh, yeah. and that's really super cool. So he makes yeah. he does CNC ones too, where he makes his own little tiny bodies and violin shapes, and he sent me a couple. It's really cool. Yeah. So I still haven't made anything out of it yet, but that was cool. fun. Awesome. What about you, Tim? Um, t- 
two things. One is I wanted to thank Tori for purchasing a Reclaimed Audio podcast t-shirt. And there are still hey. some available. Hey. We have, we have a, a large, in a couple mediums and a couple larges left in there. At If you go to our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, there is a link that will take you to my Etsy store where they're listed. Which I can actually Why don't we say right now a five dollar discount if you buy all all what's ever left? Five dollars discount. If you buy every T-shirt that's left in the store, I will send you back five dollars. Yes. All right, there you go, folks. Somebody Love do it. it. I will. One person, one purchase, every T-shirt. I'll give you five bucks back. All right. That okay. Is value. That's a that's a deal. That's a deal. Right there. Yeah. And my um, what I'm into, um. I want to mention Joshua Alexander, also known as Ushitat. Also <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah. Your uh, attention. And then there's this guy, Rob Dean, on Instagram. <laughs> the Rob Company. Um, yeah. And then I also wanted to mention the Netflix show called American Factory. Uh, well, it's what's a, that? It's a documentary um, about okay. this uh, factory in Detroit. There was a GM plant that closed down. And then this Chinese oh. company bought it and reopened it. And it, and it shows the story of, of that. And it's like, I mean, you can already see that there's like lots of shades of gray that are going to happen there, you know. And it was, uh, it was very interesting. And, and um, so many, so many shades of gray. Just when you're like, yeah, then you're like, oh, and then you're like, oh, but, and then, uh, you know, it's uh, right the way it all pans out because it's just humans, humans being humans, and the, all well, the, the good and the, the bad of them, you know. So, yeah. and then the business being involved in money, international politics, you know. Um, nothing grabbed my attention this week. Uh, <laughs> well, I am kidding a little, but it wasn't maker-related. I've I'm, I'm been watching a lot of videos on how to program in Visual Basic, but um, <clears throat> so that's what grabbed my attention. Our websites, ironandsoul.com, williamlutz.com, timsway.net, newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Hit us up on email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or on Twitter, hashtag, or not, uh, at reclaimedaudio. Um, on iTunes, leave us those reviews. We will read them on an individual basis, but if you do leave 25 of them, we will uh, agglomerate them into a digest format, yes, <laughs> where we read one, essentially. Um, Cliff notes. And on, right. And patreon.com slash reclaimed audio, the absolute best way to keep these three dudes on the air. So thank you to those who have and to those who will, and to uh, and have a great week, guys. Appreciate it. Bye, everybody.